looking the past in the eye sidra a student of mine of pakistani origin at national university of singapore came to see me the other day she asked me some questions on the course of us teaching and then she asked me whether i would answer some of her questions not related to sociological theory the course i was teaching i agreed sidra was born more than a decade after the birth of bangladesh or the break up of pakistan depending on which way you look at it her family has lived in singapore for a long time now the distance from pakistan gives us some detachment if not complete objectivity a pakistani in pakistan would know more or less what happened there are the official stories uh, that india helped some misguided bengali leaders such as sheikh mujibur rahman to break up pakistan and that was all so there was not much to find out sidra wanted to know what happened looking straight into my eyes she wanted to know in what way people of bangladesh then is pakistan were different from pakistan than west pakistan and why pakistan could not remain united after over 3 decades these questions made me look back at a time when i was younger than sidra today the witness to hopes tragedies anguish fear relentless patriotism nationalism revolution liberation war in a word history memories came back to haunt me some of my dear friends perished in that war i was lucky to tell the stories to none other than the one who descended from the same people who were on the other side of the divide i do not know how the children of the jews from auschwitz looked at the children of nazis or palestinian children would look at an israeli i did not see her as an enemy she was just a 20 year old girl slightly older than my own daughter who grew up in a foreign land unencumbered by animosities or past baggage the members of the cell phone generation they listen to anastasia or mnm they do not care much about history they look into the future with eyes wide open sidra was different she wanted some answers in islam in bangladesh and pakistan the same um, i asked her whether she was fasting she said she did luckily on that day i could also say to her that i too was fasting i told her that as far as religion was concerned we were practicing the same religion what was different was our ways of life our dreams our aspirations our language our ways of eating and what we ate our marriage ceremonies in a word culture the language movement of 1952 when people of east pakistan fought for the rightful status of their mother tongue at this point sidra interrupted what movement she asked somehow her history lessons didn't include 1952 the language movement the sacrifice of bengalis 
on the streets of Dhaka, Shahid Dibosh, etc. were not part of the history curricula in Pakistan, I presume. And when I told her of the banning of Tagore songs in 67, she exclaimed, what in utter disbelief. <clears throat> I told her about economic exploitation and disparity, <clears throat> how Pakistan had used the hard-earned foreign currency from the export of jute that the peasants of Bangladesh grew to build and modernize their cities and to industrialize and to so on. The economic disparity was glaring. All the cushy jobs went to the Pakistanis and Bengalis became second-class citizens in their own country. It was nothing but an internal colonialism. I told her the stories of political oppression and cultural discrimination. I told her now how the rulers of Pakistan systematically followed a strategy of exclusion. I told her that the Muslim League, which uh, brought Pakistan on the map itself, was created in Dhaka in December 1906, more than 20 years after the creation of Indian Congress Party. I told her that in 1946, a large number of Muslims of East Bengal voted in favor of the creation of Pakistan and how over the years they were excluded. By and large, the Bengali Muslims, both the elite and the common people, were involved in the movement of Pakistan. But their hopes were dashed and they felt a deep sense of betrayal. In 1971, after winning 167 seats in the election of National Assembly of 300, Aumi League, under the leadership of Bangabandhu Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, was denied political power. I told her of the brutalities of March 1971. I told her of the systematic extermination of our intellectuals in the declining days of Pakistan. I told her the whole story, not in anger, but in a dispassionate tone of forgiveness. Why should I be angry? She had nothing to do with the crimes of the past. Why should I put her on the spot? I told her to read Hassan Zahir's book, but can we just forget and forgive? I remember one moment of history vividly. President Nelson Mandela came to Singapore to deliver a Singapore lecture on March 6, 1997. We were waiting with battered expectation at the ballroom of Hotel Shangri-La. Mandela walked in, escorted by a single bodyguard. A tall, handsome, crew-cut, smart, young, white man followed Mandela closely. He was a man who spent nearly three decades of his life in jail, imprisoned by the white ruling class in one of history's cruelest episodes. Now, he was a free man who forgave his oppressors. He stood taller. Thank you.